Hey everybody, Chico Alexander here, and this is an It Was a Thing on TV instant reaction. On the 19th of April, as I record this, Netflix released the 30th anniversary Power Rangers special, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Once and Always. Not so much a full-blown TV film, but sort of like an hour-long extended episode of the original series. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, 30 years ago, we had five teenagers with attitude. Now we have a group of middle-aged people with 90s attitude. Not unlike myself. Also, a 90s kid with attitude, you see. So... Basically, a special to celebrate 30 years of one of the favorite science fiction franchises of 90s kids everywhere, myself included. And it was everything I hoped it would be and less if that was at all possible. There is a couple of allusions to the franchise writ large, but the story you need to follow is this. The Rangers are fighting a reincarnated Rita Repulsa, known as Robo Rita, for reasons that you'd have to watch the actual show to guess. But Robo Rita has basically have the rangers quartered and she is basically out for revenge and she starts with Billy for some reason. And Billy's life is saved when Trini takes a fatal blow and all of this is actually in the trailer so fair game, no spoiler. But Billy is saved when Trini takes a fatal blow and then it turns into some sort of this is us, million little things sort of nonsense when Billy and Zack are trying to figure out how in the world to tell Trini's daughter men, yes, Trini is a single mother at this point, how are we going to tell Trini's daughter men not only is Trini dead, but she died being a superhero because... Everybody's been keeping their secret, their secret double life as it is, for the last 30 years. It's like, Billy is the head of a tech company, his employees don't know, Zach is a former congressman, nobody in Washington knows, Kat is a teacher and a tutor, her son doesn't know, yes, remember, if you watched uh, the third season Christmas special, you know Cat has a son with Tommy Oliver. And Rocky is a firefighter, and his co-workers don't know. Basically put, nobody knows who the Power Rangers are. Their identities have been a closely guarded secret, except for the one or two seasons where it couldn't be a closely guarded secret. So, Rita has revived two of her most powerful monsters, and now they're going to travel to the past 
to make sure Zordon doesn't recruit the Rangers. And in order to stop her, the Rangers will have to know the meaning of heroism. And men will have to learn the true meaning of sacrifice and what it took for her mother to be a Power Ranger. Now, most of the cast of this special are OG Rangers who have reprised their roles. Uh, we start with the main two, Billy, who's leading up this mission, played by David Yost, who left the series during the Zeo season because of homophobic slurs, which, by the way, not cool. And then... His major domo, I guess you could say, Zack, the original Black Ranger, played by Walter Emanuel Jones, who has had a career in uh, acting and singing and dancing since his time in the spandex. And he's basically, uh, basically acting as Min's guardian, his, her uncle Zack, as it were. Also coming back for this special is Catherine Sutherland, who played the second Pink Ranger, Cat, and also uh, Zeo Ranger 1 in the Power Rangers Zeo season. And Rocky, played by Stephen Cardenas, who has basically played uh, the second Red Ranger and Zeo Ranger 3 in the Zeo season. But he, too, had a touch of the... Why am I being paid scale for this that uh, Zach, Jason, and Treaty had back in Season 2? Look it up. Um, Dan over at Toy Galaxy does a really good breakdown of what happened between three of the original Rangers and unionization, let's just say. So, rounding out the cast is Charlie Kirsch, and she's a newcomer, but she has been in a couple of short films and one episode of uh, Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, which is forthcoming later this year, which will basically tie the movie with the uh, upcoming season of Power Rangers. And also in cameos... We have Johnny Ong Bosch, uh, Man of a Thousand Voices. Uh, if you were to put, uh, if you were to put a uh, Mount Rushmore together of great voice actors, it would be Johnny Ong Bosch, Tara Strong, Frank Walker, and Peter Cullen. That would be mine. Feel free to argue me. But he reprises his role as Adam Park, and. Also reprising her role is Karen Ashley as Aisha Campbell, but right now they hung up their morphers and are now working as agents of Space Patrol Alpha, which is an allusion to Space Patrol Delta, and they make a whole lot of allusions in this. I'm not going to go over all of them because I'd be here all day. And also reprising their roles, uh, respectively, as the voices of Alpha and Rita, the voice of Alpha is Richard Stephen Horwitz, who, if you remember, he was actually a he was actually the original voice of Alpha, obviously, but he is also in a future entry that is part of the 
part of the uh, TBS Arthur Company trilogy. He played a little kid in something called Safe at Home, which was basically a guy juggling his job as a sports commentator and a father. So there's that. And of course, we gotta talk about Rita, voiced by the legendary Barbara Goodson. And, oh god, <laughs> Rita is really, really extra in this episode of uh, Power Rangers here. She is, she is basically back for blood, as it were. Elizabeth Banks is looking at Barbara Goodson as Rita and thinking, damn, she's vile. Anyway, so... I, my takeaway from all of this is I've always said that there, that nostalgia is not a suitable substitute for plot development. Nostalgia is in full display here because this show falls prey to one of the science fiction tropes in that how do you explain away established events like uh, powers being resurrected, and um, I'm not going to say what else you can expect, but if you saw the trailer, you saw the original Dino Megazord, and it's like, okay, how did this happen? And nobody makes any sort of explanation to support it or refute it, but there you go. And also, it not only does it not explain some key elements, but it also over-explains some key elements. For example, if you saw in the second teaser clip, Rocky and Cat were able to use the Dino Power Coins, despite the fact that A, they were destroyed in Season 3, and B, the link to the Morphing Grid, the source of a Power Ranger's power, has been severed by events in Season 3. So you'd have to go back to Season 3 in order for that to make sense. But yeah, it, it's like, okay, the show is really well done. It's really well produced. It's slickly produced. It's It was written by Becca Barnes and Alan Dale, who have been the head writers since... Power Rangers Beast Morphers, I believe that was the first season that the franchise was owned by Hasbro. Hasbro till all are one. And they do the best that they can with what they are given. I mean, we've seen a lot of illusions, we've seen a lot of fan service, but we don't see a lot of development. I mean, we see a passing reference to from one thing to another, but... Overall, it was really well done. I thought it was a really good, solid watch for an hour. It's rated TVY7 for fantasy violence, obviously. That being said, it could have done a whole lot more. But I'll leave that for you to decide. Go check it out. It is streaming on Netflix right now. And tell them Chico sent you. But in any case, that was my instant reaction of Power Rangers once and always, uh, getting me pumped up for the Cosmic Fury season that's coming up, obviously. 
But um, until we meet again with Greg and Mike, uh, I'm Chico. This has been an It Was a Thing on TV instant reaction. Thank you so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and may the power protect you always.